Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Okay, we have so much to talk about when it comes to WrestleMania 22 for this episode of Rep Sharps and Downs. What we're going to do is just go, whoa, whoa, WrestleMania, because the song back in the day was really good. And then we're going to go, hello, my name is Simon from What Culture, and let's take the finger of power and up those downs for WrestleMania 22. I mean, seriously, why the hell is there so much in it? Let's go. Right, just a tie-in to how nuts WrestleMania 22 was. There was a battle royal before the thing started properly, but you can't see it on the WWE Network because you have been a bad person and you're not allowed nice things. But of course, Viscera won it because Viscera is really big. And I imagine everybody else in the battle royal the whole time was going, well, how the hell are we going to throw him out? He's humongous. And that was that. You didn't get into it properly after America the Beautiful and this really, really weird opening video when Ric Flair's kind of dancing with some people before the Masters of Cool make their way to the ring. Don't worry if you're saying, who the hell are the Masters of Cool? I don't remember either. And the reason my brain had forgotten this is because it's both the best and worst of WWE. Because they saw Chris Masters and they saw Carlito, thought, oh, you can be a tag team. But rather than call them Chris Masters and Carlito or come up with a, I don't know, interesting name, they went, you can just be the Masters of Cool. Because of course, Chris Masters, Caribbean cool Carlito. I mean, honestly, it's just a little bit embarrassing. I don't understand why WWE feels the need to do this, but I will tell you, I remember back in 2006, and I still feel the same way today, and I don't really know why I walk this path. I really like these guys. And who knows why they were never elevated above a certain position and given a proper push. Although, we do have evidence in the form of WrestleMania 22, because they are taking on the Big Show and Kane. <laughs> and honestly, those two guys get steamrolled. It does have a good edge to it, and I don't mean Adam Copeland, because this WrestleMania is in Chicago, and Chicago fans anyway are always really rowdy. But back in the mid-2000s, my word, it's like they've been deprived of wrestling for the last 50 years, and now they're ready to explode. They also cheer Carlito no matter what, although the best part is when Mr. Cool gets chucked at Chris Masters and the masterpiece's attempt to catch him is about as good as my attempt 
to grow some hair. I mean, honestly, they fall on the floor and I thought they were dead. Of course, the tag klaxon sounded eventually and everybody was fighting and eventually Carlito and Masters ran into each other. So Big Show gave them the choke slam and they got the victory to retain their tag team titles. And naturally, Chris Masters and Carlito then fell out and started arguing because it is the age old and constantly out question in all of professional wrestling. How can these two guys coexist? The answer is they can't, and they never will be able to unless they go do something else, like play chess, is getting it down. I also then remembered, oh yeah, WrestleMania 22 is the night when Shawn Michaels took on Vince McMahon, and I am lying to you a little bit because the very next thing we see is an interview with the heartbreak kid, but still, I genuinely thought that was on another day. As ever, WWE kind of tied this into Montreal, and even in 2006, I was like, oh, I'm so bored of you talking about it, and here we are in 2022, and it's still hasn't gone away and he said later on my match with Vinnie Mac will be brutal and a small spoiler for you it actually kind of is. The money in the bank ladder match is next I'm going to repeat myself as I always do seeing it at Wrestlemania is just so much more cool and it got even cooler when WWE decided to have that as the first match and if I can manifest something back into this life well I'm just going to hope loads and fingers crossed it does happen Although it's not going to, because now not only is it its own pay-per-view, but it's probably bigger than Survivor Series. This one has a little bit of the bizarre to it as well, because it is Rob Van Dam versus Matt Hardy versus Finley versus Bobby Lashley versus Shelton Benjamin versus, of all the people here on my pinky pink, Ric Flair. And do not get me wrong here, Flair was 56 years old at the time, and I'm sure he wanted to prove, oh man, I'll show these young pups what I've got. But it is still putting a man in his mid-50s in a ladder match... I mean, wrestling is absolutely nuts. Everybody, of course, is just diving onto everybody else that they've been told in the back. Unless you try and take each other out when you get back here, we will shoot you in the head. And one of the other reasons this is so crazy is that there is four people on commentary. Four. Like, how did you ever expect to be able to do that without it just be one person shouting over the next? which by the end is essentially what it becomes. Sheldon then also does his usual run up the ladder and do something crazy, but every time you're like, oh, how's he doing it? And also fair play to WWE, because Ric Flair takes a suplex off a ladder, but they do tie this into the fact he is becoming an old man. Because the referee throws the X sign up, which if you don't know is that, oh my gosh, somebody's got hurt for real. Although of course we were tying it into the story. And that's it, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. There goes the nature boy. RVD then spends most of his time trying to end his own life because he's doing his normal moves onto a ladder. And even Bobby Lashley gets thrown off one at one point. And as ever, we need to smoke whatever he is smoking. He looks younger now than he did then. It does not make any sense. After everyone has then been murked with a ladder, of course, out comes Flair to get the big reaction. And do not forget, within the realms of the story, this means in the back went, yeah, look, man, you in a massive amount of problem, but I get it. You want to be the number one contender for a title? Sure. You go back out there. Medically, I think that's absolutely fine. The crowd are super into it as well, which makes it even more exciting, especially when RVD climbs up this crazy tall ladder. Look at me looking at it. And he hits the five-star frog splash onto poor Finley, who has to take it. I swear his ribs must have just gone. There's also a tease at the end because once again, Shelton just goes whap and he jumps onto a ladder from nowhere. And just as you think he's about to grab it, 
he takes this horrendous fall. This is like a laugh you do at the funeral where you don't want to laugh, but because you've seen something so bad, you just go, you know what? Ha <laughs> ha, it is so funny. Thankfully, he wasn't dead. As we know, he's still wrestling today, which leaves RVD up there. He grabs the briefcase. He becomes Mr. Money in the Bank. And you'll know what's going to happen just around the corner. We've covered it here on Retro Ups and Downs. It's John Cena, it's RVD, it's ECW. But like I say, we've done it. And I'll just take the finger of power and I'll give it an up. I mean, was there ever a bad Money in the Bank at WrestleMania? I don't think there was. Randy Orton then goes super prick because he interviews a mean Gene Oakland interview backstage. And of course, in 2006, Batista was getting ready to make his big comeback. So these two find each other, they face off. Batista's like, man, I'm going to beat you soon. That is essentially what happened. Things then do get a little bit sad because Howard Finkel is here to dun, 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 do the Hall of Fame segment. But back in 2006, it was Bret Hart that headlined the class. And he had very understandably gone, you know what? I don't feel very comfortable going out at WrestleMania, so I'm not gonna. And again, what did I say a few minutes ago? Shawn Michaels was talking about Montreal on this very show. Brett probably thought he was gonna get screwed again. JBL and Chris Benoit are then put in an awful position because one, the US title is on the line, and even back then, I don't think anybody cared about the US title, but they also have to follow that ladder match. The crowd is completely beat. They just don't bother to get up for this at all. I think they kind of knew this. So what they do is they just smack each other in the face for a while. But even that can't even get a little bit of a cheer. And because Eddie Guerrero had died recently, at one point Bradshaw gets up and he starts to mimic his movements. And look, I know people say Eddie would have wanted this and maybe he would. I didn't know Mr. Guerrero, but I am a fan and I know what I enjoy seeing on my television. That kind of stuff always makes me feel really uncomfortable. I also cracked up because honestly, WWE hasn't changed in the last, what, 16 years or whatever the hell it is. Because clearly they've gone, well, we don't want Chris Benoit to lose properly, but we would like JBL to be the champion. So as soon as Chris goes for the crossface, Bradshaw hits the most devastating move in all our sports entertainment. He grabs the tights. He gets the one, two, three. And honestly, I think the crowd did this. They just gave them a couple of claps. They do not care. This is really short though, and you can see it from a mile away that WWE is using it as a buffer. But this is WrestleMania, damn it. Down. There may have been logic behind this though, because our next match is Mick Foley versus Edge. And if you've never seen this and you don't know what happens, Good grief are you in for it. Because Foley had a bee in his bonnet before WrestleMania to show everybody who said he was washed up that this wasn't the case at all. So he found Edge, who was an up and coming star about to smash through into the main event and said, why don't we do a hardcore match? And this is honestly kind of crazy. The Radar Superstar also arrives here dressed like he's going to the theater because for some reason that's what we do in hardcore slash street fight matches. And what I really appreciate is that because they're allowed to use weapons, the first thing they do is get a bat and they swing it around the place. I mean, why wouldn't you do that? I know I've said this before if you're a long-term viewer, but if I'm having a grudge match with someone, I ain't gonna do a lockup. I'm probably gonna get a gun and try and shoot them. The usual possession of weapons are then thrown in there, but actually the best one of the bunch, and this isn't gonna make any sense for a couple of seconds is the fact that McFurley, Furley, Foley, is wearing a blue flannel shirt instead of a red one. Now he has done this on purpose, but it's a massive callback to WCW of all things, because at one point Edge runs at Mick and it's Edge that takes the brunt of it as Foley gets up and goes, ha ha, because he takes off this blue flannel shirt and what's underneath, not only the red version, but he has a barbed wire board around his stomach, much like Bret Hart and Goldberg had done. And honestly, it got a pop back then, it gets a pop back now. If you're watching this wrestling world and you want to ape a spot, 
ate that one, it ain't ever gonna get old. And it doesn't matter that we've done it before. You don't eat pizza and ice cream and go, well, I've done it once, so I'm never gonna do it again. And obviously, don't forget, this makes Mick Foley a crazy person because he decided to do this backstage. But then he takes the craziness, and it's like here, and he raises up above the camera. Look, my hand is out the screen because Lita, who had come out with Edge, she gets involved, and at one point, they all go tumbling under the top rope, over the top rope, I should say. And that doesn't sound that bad, but the impact on the floor, how did nobody break the neck? A barbed wire bat is then involved, and because I'm a massive wuss, I'm like, oh man, no, I feel all cringy deep down in my tum-tum. And then Mick Foley remembers, oh yeah, I don't care about my personal well-being. So not only is he hip-tossed into the still steps, but seconds later, he gets thrown front ways and he takes it right on his knees. And look, fair play to the man. It looks devastating, but come on, you don't have to do it. I feel like Mick's dad or Gorilla Monsoon because I was all like, would you stop? And if you have seen this before, I know the spot you want to talk about. Because towards the end, there is a table. Lita gets some lighter fluid. She pours it onto the wood. <laughs> she goes and sets it on fire. Edge then spears Foley through the ropes off the apron into this fiery mess. And my word, he sells it so well because he's all jigging and jaggering as you would do. This actually is kind of coincidental because recently in the press, WWE called AEW, well, it's so brutal and disgusting and we'd never do anything like that. And I get this was way back in the day, but one man just speared another man through a fire table. You go tell that to your advertisers and tell me what they say. This obviously gets Edge the win, but before this, there is thumbtacks and there is so much blood. But the most important takeaway is that once again, Mick Foley had taken an up and cover and given him the ironic edge that he needed in order to get to the top of the ladder. So it's a round of applause for that guy, and this gets the easier. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? 
a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. And all you need to know about what follows is we go backstage with King Booker and Charmel, and this long weird skit ends with Booker watching Snitsky lick Mae Young's foot. So WWE actually went, well, people have played a lot of money for this show. We better give them what they want. And they came up with this. And I think I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. The Madness then does continue on this WrestleMania, which is just such a roller coaster, because of the granddaddy of them all, at the showcase of the immortals, at WWE's biggest event of the year, you get King Booker versus the Boogeyman. Charmel obviously comes out as well, and fair play to the Royal Couple, because they sell this like it's the worst day of their life. And when Booker at the start goes, no, I don't want to deal with it, and leaves his wife in the ring, it did make me chuckle, because it's such a prick move. They say chivalry is dead. But the thing is, it's even a constant struggle to see this, because there is so much smoke after the Boogeyman has made his entrance, you're kind of doing this like you're some sort of old man who is losing his sight. And also, even now I knew where it was going, you get a lot of nonsense, and then eventually the boogeyman goes, oh, I'm gonna eat some worms. Then he kind of kisses Charmel, and the worms go into her mouth. This is like the Mae Young foot thing. I don't know who it's for. It freaks her out, and Booker doesn't know what to do, so he gets slammed and pinned for the one, two, three. And also, if you're a wrestler, why would you go, maybe if I eat worms, I will become the WWE champion? The only dude that was more weird than this was the honky-tonk man who thought Elvis would be a good path to walk down. It is getting it down. What came next is far better, though, and kind of in wrestling has become part of the folklore because it is Trish Stratus, the women's champion, taken on Mickey James. Now it's hard to put into context these days, but 16 years ago, women barely got any time to begin with, but they certainly didn't get stories. So when all of a sudden you had Mickey James being the, oh my gosh, I love Trish Stratus so much fan, who ultimately turns because she can't control her emotions, and it then ended in a fight. Well, it was pretty damn good. They also smash it here, doubly so, because the fans don't really care at first, but when they get into it, they're like, oh wait, no, this is pretty good, I should watch. And obviously it helps because Mickey James was quite controversial here. You may have seen it in many clips over the years where she kind of like attacks Trish's groin and then she takes a hand and she licks it and she does something else, which I'm not going to do here because my mum may be watching. It worked though because the crowd once again is like, oh, I can't believe that we did that. And I'm pretty sure Mickey James got in trouble for this for real. I swear I've read that before. But the absolute best bit is what happens at the end. Because there is no two ways about it. They absolutely botched, we'll use the correct term, a stress faction which Mickey James is trying to do to Trish. But because they're such good pros, they don't try to do it again. Instead, Mickey hits Trish Strass's other finishing move, the chick kick, and she pins her that way and she becomes the champion. And it still gets the reaction that you would have hoped the other one would. I mean, this is two people that know what they're doing. You also get the shock of the championship change, which I presume nobody actually thought was going to happen. So this does get an up, which is so nice when we're talking about WrestleManias from this period. As you will see in around about eight minutes. It is then full sports entertainment because we go backstage again, where Vince McMahon is there with all of his family and he gets them all to bend down on their knees and pray with him because of course, this was during a time when Shawn Michaels had found his faith 
and this is how his boss decided to mock him. You know what's coming post-mania as well, and McMahon makes sure to say here that he's going to take the heartbreak kid and send him to hell. I think Vinnie Mac may be a little bit screwed up. And we shall get into that in due course, but before then, it is The Undertaker versus Mark Henry, and because this video is going way too long, it is basically every single big man match you've ever seen in WWE. They just got their playbook and went, oh, page 56. Why are we doing page 56? Because we always do page 56. It's just so slow, to be honest. And I think everybody must have been aware of this because it's also a casket match for absolutely no reason. And at this point at WrestleMania, you want a bit of pace. You want a bit of razzle-dazzle. I don't really want to see Mark Henry grabbing The Undertaker and throwing him around when I'm well aware he ain't going to win. We do have to mention The Undertaker's amazing dive when he goes over the top ropes, over the coffin, and still wipes out Mark Henry. Although Mark Henry, like earlier, didn't really bother to catch him. And then when they're back in the ring, Undertaker just goes, bloop. He gives him a tombstone, and he rolls him into the casket. And seriously, this don't go 10 minutes. And we are finally getting into the streak here, but that actually works against this match, because again, no one was going, Mr. Henry is going to break the streak down. It is the calm before the storm, however, because next up, we do get the absolutely ridiculous. It is Shawn Michaels versus Vince McMahon, and somehow, much like he had done against Hulk Hogan, Vince makes this really, really entertaining. you got to give it up. And sure, a lot of it is HBK, but it does take two to tango, and Vince McMahon is inserting all the personality into this, especially because when he gets to the ring, he has a framed copy of his Muscle and Fitness magazine, and he just stands next to it and pose. I mean, this is what a sociopath would do. He also has an ace up his sleeve in the sense the spirit squad all of a sudden run to the ring. And even though they are able to take Shawn Michaels out, when he starts fighting back with their megaphone, they come at him like James Bond villains. It's like one guy comes, taken out. Second guy comes, taken out. It's like, there's five of you. If you all jump him, he will go down. This is just one mega distraction so that Michaels eventually gets whammed by a clothesline courtesy of Vince McMahon. But even though Shane McMahon runs out to try and help his dad, there comes a point in this match when it is just Shawn Michaels killing Shane McMahon, killing Vince McMahon to the point there is so much blood, which ties into that quote from earlier. If you show this to anyone, they'd be like, oh, man, that's grotesque. It's disgusting. I mean, it gets really, really intense. The funniest bit is before Michaels makes his comeback, because Vince and Shane's plan is to beat this man up so bad so that Vince McMahon, again, think about what the logic here, can pull his pants down and get his son to take this person's face and stick it right into his ass. But of course, Shawn Michaels is never going to do that. He stops. He takes Shano's face instead. It gets stuck in there. And before Vince McMahon realizes what is going on, he is the happiest man in the world. Like, he is happier than me if my hair all of a sudden grew back. He's all like... And then he realizes it is his son. And this will be the time when somebody walks in that doesn't like wrestling. And you have to explain the Kiss My Ass Club. Just watch it in your bedroom in a corner. It does have a pretty amazing ending because Shawn Michaels gives up one ladder to get this ladder that must be about 78,000 feet tall. He then puts a trash can on Vince McMahon's head and hits probably one of the most wonderful looking elbow drops you've ever seen. He then props Vince McMahon up. He hits him with his sweet chin music and he gets the one, two, three. And honestly, this does not deserve to be as good as it is but I really had a good time watching it. And I will say it does go too long, which did have a knock-on effect, because next up it was Rey Mysterio versus Randy Orton versus Kurt Angle for the World Heavyweight Championship, and they have to hit the speed button 
because they don't have any time. I think all three were a little bit put out that their time had been cut so much because this is absolutely excellent. And as Kurt Angle has mentioned on his podcast, they had even less time than they were expecting because Rey Mysterio's entrance took longer than The Undertaker's. It really doesn't matter though, because as soon as the bell rings, they decide, right, get rid of the build of the match. We don't need that. Let's just attack each other. And Kurt Angle, especially in the early going, is basically the perfect wrestler. He is suplexing both guys. He actually does a double suplex where he throws both of them at one point and even though he's meant to be the heel Chicago is like nah flub that we cheering him I mean Angle is so good Mysterio even gets booed a little bit here which isn't helped by the fact that Kurt taps him out at one point but the ref doesn't see it because Randy Orton is distracting the referee and then we go the other way around when Orton is tapping out but it's Rey Mysterio distracting the ref and while this just should have a big sign saying oh by the way Kurt Angle is gonna lose the title you can't help but buy into it it's just so damn fast what follows is also a bunch of near falls that will have you laughing because he's just like pow 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 like a bullet and honestly the reversal of the angle slam by Rey Mysterio is worth taking 10 years off your life I don't know who's making that kind of a deal but if they do you accept it it gives Rey all the confidence in the world so he flies into autumn with his Hurricane Rana and actually beats him to become the champion and much like earlier this ties into the Eddie Guerrero stuff but even if you push that to one side Rey Mysterio becoming a world champion in WWE well, it was absolutely unreal. It really is a great moment, especially because Vicky and Ooh Chavo Guerrero are out there too. And unfortunately, when you do watch it in 2022, when you have the power of hindsight, you know how Vince McMahon is going to book this. But take it, throw it away. Feel great for Ray because seriously, he deserved it no matter what else had gone on. And this gets an up. It could be one of the best short matches had a couple of awesome holding shots of John Cena and Triple H in the back after this because they will be in our main event. And Jim Ross basically tells you these people are going to boo John Cena, but don't worry. And then we get into one of the worst filler matches of all time. Because even though in 2006 the Attitude Era was officially dead, we get Candice versus Tori in a pillow fight. And my big question is this. What is a contract for a pillow fight state? One can only attack their opponent with a soft item from some bedding apparatus. That's how WWE would say it too. There was a bed in the ring as well, which they could bounce around on. And I can't believe we always have to talk about this, but yes, it is done for teenage boys, horny teenage boys. Even though in 2006, the internet was there, so I'm pretty sure they were finding their stuff online. They both strip and then Tori just wins for some reason. I couldn't tell you why. This is another occasion when people will always walk in. They will always walk in and this is the face and this is the stance you have to pull. Let's just give it a down and move on. Thankfully, we then are at our WrestleMania 22 main event and I told you this show is all over the place, but it is Triple H versus John Cena for the WWE title and mostly because of the fans. Flub me, this feels like a big deal even 16 years later. It's also, I think, one of the first over-the-top entrances for Triple H as he comes out dressed like Conan the Barbarian. And I swear, given that he was gonna go on to have some acting roles, this must have been some kind of audition. And I really wanna know who the costume guy was because it did make me laugh. And I know there have been some bad ones over the years, but I never care about that. Everybody should be getting these stupid entrances at WrestleMania because it makes it feel different. And John Cena has his too. He comes out like he's in the mafia. And if you care, one of his henchmen actually is CM Punk 
There's some trivia for you. The story is a little bit out of left field because WWE knew going in, well, Chicago is probably going to boo John Cena because that whole thing was about to happen. So what we will do is we will kind of paint him as some hybrid superstar that's appealing to young fans, whereas Triple H, the more traditional wrestler, is appealing to hardcore fans. Everyone else is like, what the flub are you talking about? Cena does get a decent reaction at first, but as soon as Triple H starts beating him up, they're like, oh, no, wait, we hate that guy. Boo the crap out of him. And before long, you're getting, let's go Cena. Cena sucks. Which I think must have been one of the early appearances of that chant. I don't think I've heard it before this. You also start getting the whole boo-yay thing as Triple H and Cena start punching each other in the face. And then just to confuse you, when Cena applies the STFU and Triple H gets the ropes... Everybody boos. And I actually sat in front of my chair. Would you make up your mind? Obviously, the referee gets bumped too because you have to do that in the WrestleMania main event. And this is when the game gets his sledgehammer and he clonks John Cena right in the face. And do not forget, if this was real and you hit someone, like I said, a sledgehammer, their skull would break and there would be blood all over the floor. But instead, Hunter pins John Cena, who kicks out a two. Talk about unrealistic. It also means, naturally, that Triple H is allowed to kick out of the AA, the FU, whatever the hell we were calling it back there because we must bring balance to the force. And actually this ties into the year before when Cena was taken on Buddy Buddy Shawn Michaels because he then gets Triple H back in his submission move. And even I remember back in 2006 going, Triple H don't tap to nobody. He's got somewhat of a reputation, but fair play to that man. He does submit and it surprises the crowd so much they go ballistic for about three seconds before again they remember that they hate John Cena. But I do think it counts as somewhat of a shock because I think most people thought the Hunter would walk away with the belt. And while this is a great main event again because of the atmosphere, this show overall, man, it is truly nuts. But I am going to give an up for the match itself and I am going to give another up for the show overall. But it is not a classic there is too much gubbins. And we shall dip into the Wrestling Observer and Dave Meltzer's star ratings for WrestleMania 22 so you can get another opinion. Make sure you give me your opinion in the comments below. The opening tag match got 1.75 stars. The Money in the Bank ladder match got 4 stars. The US title match got 2.75 stars. Mick Foley versus Edge are whopping 4 stars. <laughs> Booker T and Charmel versus the Boogeyman <laughs> got minus 1 star. The Mickey James Trish Stratus match got two stars. Seems a little bit unfair. Undertaker versus Mark Henry got 1.5 stars. Why are there so many matches? Sean versus Vince got 3.5 stars. Rey Mysterio versus Kurt versus Orton got 3.5 stars. Tory versus Candice was a dud. I mean, you can't blame him there. And the main event got 3.75 stars. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 